Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. Jam-packed hour in store. If you stick with us, starting in this segment, we'll talk NFL futures. Who do we think wins it all? Or who do we think the best value play is right now over at BetMGM? Then at 720, it's on to Thursday Night Football. A tough matchup for both quarterbacks going as two really good defenses. But where the plays are when it comes to the Browns, and the Jets. Then at 7.40, on to some big plus money as we go down the list. We will give you five legs of our show parlay. Each member of our staff is going to give you their, their favorite play of the entire weekend, and we will try to go 5-0 and for the first time on the show. We have not hit a show parlay, full transparency there, but we have come close, so maybe that counts for something. And maybe we are finally due Jenks, yesterday was awesome because I love bowl season for the fact that there's always mm-hmm. something on TV. And it means that instead of watching, you know, whatever is on Netflix, I can just mm-hmm. put on a bowl game and watch it while I'm doing other things around the house. Are you somebody who likes to have a game on in the background or are you somebody who will sit there and watch every single play because I have a hard time doing this because, you know, it's our job. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I yeah. should watch some of this. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, dueling things because I need to get things done. But also I want to sit there and watch every single play. Well, that's tough. It, if I have a I kind of go back and forth because I I like to have a game on the background if I'm if I'm just kind of milling around the house or taking care of chores or whatever, so I can glance up and say, ooh, that was a good play, or ooh, let me rewind that real quick or whatever. So I'm like you in that respect. If I want to sit down and really watch a game, I, I do need to have something on the game or really care about the game in some respect. I love bowl season, and it really is awesome that you can just turn on the TV and have a game on. But some of these games aren't great, so... It has to be a good matchup for me to really sit down and want to watch every play unless I have some cash on it. The, the bigger games, no problem. I'm in. Some of these other games in the afternoon, it's like, ugh, this is kind of a grind. Like when Minnesota and Bowling Green was on, I think yesterday, was it? I was like, I don't really know if I want to watch Minnesota and Bowling Green. And I tried. And I flipped it over. And I was like, I sat down for about a minute and a half. I was like, whoop. Law and Order SVU it is. I'm done with this game already. I just needed to find something else. I think it's tough for my brain to turn off like that, though, because I think we've talked about this before. When you're at a bar, it doesn't matter how bad the game is. It could be Mm -hmm. high school football. It could be a rerun of a game that you already know the outcome. If that TV is on and there's football playing, There is a 100% chance that I am not dialed in to whatever conversation I'm having. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Oh, what a catch. Like, I just can't turn my brain off. I have to watch it. 
Oh, that happened to me on Friday when the lovely Catherine and I were out with our friend Sarah. And what game was it? It was the Georgia Tech game. Who are they playing? I forget who it was. Who are they playing? Like, who knows? Who cares? They weren't All supposed I know to was, win. Was it you? No. God, why can't I remember no. that? Was it UCF? Is that who it was? I think it might have been. Who cares? It's a Florida directional school. Whatever. Regardless. UCF. I had mm -hmm. a bet on that game. I think it was UCF. And I had UCF minus the points. And every time I looked up at the TV, it was just a garbage play from UCF every single time. <laughs> and I'm trying to be engaged. I'm trying to. And I'm sitting there. And Catherine is looking at me. And then I catch her. And I look at Sarah. I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. I, one of my best bets is on this game. And finally, I just had to turn away. I'm like, this is not going to go my way. Just accept it, take the L, move forward. But it was hard because we're out on a Friday. We're having a great time. We did have a great time. But my eyes kept turning, turning, turning. My head, you know, it's like I needed to have some sort of like blind. I needed blinders on like a thoroughbred, like a horse in the derby. I need blinders on so I can't glance out of the corner of my eye. So if I want to watch it, I have to actually turn my head. Whoa. And then that would make me realize that, oh, yeah, you can't do that. Maybe human blinders. That's what I need. <laughs> right i had the same instance except for it was on christmas eve and i need david Najoku for five more yards and i'm like i should really be in a magical sense and a <laughs> magical you know state of mind but instead i'm like come on one more kick david Najoku. you're gonna ruin christmas for our entire family uh so i totally get that feeling but even when yeah. games aren't games that I have money on it's just my eyes just kind of gravitate towards it and maybe it's just my penchant for not wanting to talk to people in social situations but I don't know it's something that we are both working on how about working on some futures bets when it comes to the mm. NFL uh right now let's take a look at the latest Super Bowl odds over at BetMGM here on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM uh to win the Super Bowl the 49ers are your favorites at plus 240 followed by the Ravens at four to one, the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Eagles all at eight to one, followed by the Cowboys at 10 to one. I feel like there's some pretty solid teams that you can get for, you know, eight to one, mm -hmm. 10 to one. Jenks, are you dabbling further down the list or do you believe in the favorites here? I think I believe in the favorites. I'm trying to find some value on a team here. You know what? I mean, the Bills. I mean, the Bills at 11 to 1. Why not? I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to find a way. They're going to find a way in. This is their year. No, well, I don't want to say that. Mm, <laughs> it's not it? the year. I, it's not their year. This is what I would say, though. Every year, it's been Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Bu and look, I want the Bills to win it. I would love if Buffalo finally got a Super Bowl. We were talking about suffering fan bases earlier. I want the Bills Mafia to get theirs. They've earned it by God. You talk about disappointment. You go to four straight Super Bowls. You don't win one. Everyone knows that history. We won't belabor it. And then they have this window where they're the favorites. They're the favorites. They're the favorites. They're into the Chiefs. If the Bills make the playoffs, they will be as dangerous as anyone in the NFL, say maybe Ravens, 49ers but if they get in they will be a hard out and we all know they have the talent to go all the way if they can just get in 
So at 11 to 1, if you're looking for value, that would be the value play I would make. If because otherwise I I don't want to I don't want to lay just plus 240 or get the Niners at plus 240. That's just not enough for me or the Ravens at 4 to 1. There's just not enough value there for me to want to bet on either one of those teams. I think at those prices, you can pick two. This is like Panera Bread. You can pick two and still be up <laughs> some money if you pick one of the winners. So I think I'm going to go 49ers. They're the favorites, but don't they look like the most dominant team in football? If they are firing on all cylinders, like they, yeah. I know Brock Purdy just looked terrible in that last game, but still at plus 240, if they even make it to the Super Bowl, I still think they would be favorites in it. So I'll take the Niners. And going further down the list, I want to be on the Bills with you, but for the sake of conversation, I'm not going to reiterate the same points. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who's the other team from the AFC? Because don't we feel like the AFC is probably a little bit more wide open? Because uh, I don't think the Chiefs are it. Like, I don't think I can trust their receivers in big-time situations. Like, Travis Kelsey is not going to be enough, and he hasn't even had some big games uh, in the last couple of uh, games. So do we think the Dolphins can make it? Because I do think the Bills are probably the best candidate. Mm. But if you're looking at net yards per play, I think this is the metric that is usually pretty telling on, you know, quote-unquote, the best teams in the NFL. The Dolphins are right up there. And we know that offense Mm – even the best defenses have trouble with some of the speed uh, on their receiving core. Do we think the Dolphins mm-hmm. have a shot, or are you still hitching your wagon to the Bills? I'm still hitching my wagon to the Bills. I I, I, I like the value on Buffalo at 11-1 much more than I like the Dolphins at 8-1, to and I'm just not sold on Miami yet. I think I'm going to pick against them this weekend against the Ravens, which I know seems like such a square side, but they've got to get healthy first because Jalen Wallet looks like they're not going to play. He's not going to play. I believe their starting center is going to be out this weekend. And and again, yes, the Dolphins got a an important win against the Cowboys last weekend, but I believe that was their first victory over a team with a winning record this season. So when you talk about the gauntlet of getting into the postseason and trying to make a run to the AFC Championship, potentially the Super Bowl, you've got to be battle-tested. And I just don't believe Miami is battle-tested enough despite that win against a good Cowboys team. They've got to get healthier. They are dangerous. There's no question about that. But I just can't buy the Dolphins yet until I see them beat better teams on a more consistent basis. I think that is my knock on the Dolphins, too, is that I'm not sure how they fare and stack up against the best teams in the NFL. But when we talk about the Niners, value is always relative. And you can say, okay, plus 240, not a ton of quote-unquote value there. But don't you feel like this is probably the best price you will get the Niners at for the rest of the season? Because look at their schedule. They're 13, aren't they like Mm 14-point favorites this week? Let's look at the rest of their schedule. I do know that they end the season against the Rams, but coming off probably the worst game of their season, Brock Purdy threw four interceptions. Do you think this is the best price we'll get on the Niners all season? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. So if you like San Francisco, I know it's a little more than two to one, but that's all you got because they're going to win out. Those odds will still shorten. And same thing with the Ravens. I don't know if you'll get a better price on the Ravens either. 
maybe on the Eagles, perhaps, because the Eagles are trying to put it together right now. Really don't have an identity. But yeah, you're right. If you like San Francisco, if you like Baltimore, now is the time because I don't think considering these schedules remaining for the Ravens, yeah, possibility of a loss against the Dolphins. Niners are going to win out. And because they remain the favorites after that loss to the Baltimore Ravens, they will continue to see these odds shorten as favorites to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think you're right. Usually when you look at long shots to win a championship, I think you try to look and see which are the teams that are getting the hottest down the stretch. And we've already talked about one of those teams, and that is the Buffalo Bills. But the other team that we have not mentioned that is 35-1 to to win the NFC is the LA Rams. Jenks at 35 to one to mm-hmm. simply win the NFC. Is this worth a sprinkle? Hell yes. At 35, <laughs> put a dollar on it. Put one dollar on it. Yeah, I did. Oh. Hell yes. Oh, hell yeah. Will you go to the dance with me? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. The Rams are, there are a handful of teams out there. And I know this sounds like such a cliche. I hate to say it, but they will be the quintessential Nobody wants to face this team in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And why? Because they have a dynamic offense. They have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford, one of the best in the game. They have a great receiving core. And they have a fantastic head coach in Sean McVay. And also, they have nothing to lose at all. That's what makes the Rams dangerous, is that they can play with anyone. They have Super Bowl experience. And also, they make the playoffs and then they get in the postseason, nobody's going to expect the Rams to make a run, and that's what makes a team super, super dangerous where you think, oh, God, we're expected to beat these guys. They could absolutely hang with us, and so that's when they pull out all the stops offensively. They scheme in crazy ways. Maybe they run a few plays they wouldn't normally run because it's whatever it takes. We're not supposed to be here in the first place. The Rams were supposed to be awful this season. Sean McVay deserves a ton of credit for what he's done with this team. So, like you were saying, this is just to win the NFC. Yeah, Niners are the class of the conference, no question. But at 35 to 1, how can you afford not to? <laughs> you sound like you're slinging cars now. I, I know, you can't I know. <laughs> afford not to spring yes. on this used RAV4. You really can't afford not to. It's such a good deal. But 35 to 1. Think about it. Even even if they simply make it to the NFC Championship game, you will have a great hedging mm-hmm. opportunity. And usually that is the secondary goal of betting in the futures market. It's not just who wins the outright championship. Obviously, that's the number one goal. But number two, to set yourself up for good hedging opportunities down the road. And I'm looking at the teams in the NFC I feel like in a one-game sample size, a one-game playoff, the L.A. Rams certainly have the pieces to at least contend with even the best teams in the national, uh, or the NFC, I should say. Uh, Coming back from the break, uh, we will be talking about Thursday Night Football. Maybe not the fireworks that we have seen in the last few segments, a total of 36 and a half, but we'll give you our best plays for Jets and Browns. That's after the break here on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back. Off and running on this Thursday edition of the Daily Tip, which means we do have some Thursday night football to wager on between the Jets and the Browns. We'll get into our favorite picks and plays from that game in just a couple of minutes. But, Jenks, we've kind of touched on this. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco has made quite the run over the past few weeks, and now he is the second favorite to win comeback player of the year. Of course, sitting behind DeMar Hamlin, who uh, came back from the dead. So that's a tough you know, person to beat out for comeback player of the mm-hmm. year. I have seen a very heated debate on why Joe Flacco could win this award. But I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, is there a prize for winning comeback player of the year? Is this something that players really care to win? Because I think in the betting community, like we're taking it very seriously because our money is involved. But Mm -hmm. because I had this thought, I was like, well, they should make a second comeback player of the year award for people who did not escape death. You know, because obviously this year it's going to be tough to beat more Hamlet. But I feel like there needs to be some kind of award for some of the comeback stories that we've seen other than just DeMar Hamlet. But do they even Mm -hmm. win any money? Like, do players care about this award? I absolutely think they care about it. The NFL is a grind, and Joe Flacco has nothing to prove. He's not going to say it. He's going to say what all quarterbacks in his position, what all veterans in his position would say, which is, I don't care about awards. I just want to win football games. I want us to make the playoffs. I'm here for our team. If individual awards come as a part of that, great. It's not something I think about. But for a guy who has been written off so many times, when is last year, when is the last time you thought about Joe Flacco? When is the last time over the past few years that we have had discussions about Joe Flacco as a starting quarterback and leading a team to the playoffs? It's been years. So for a guy who has said repeatedly over his career, I still think I can play this game. I still think I can play this game. Well, now he's proving it. It doesn't mean he's one of the best in the game, but he has proven, yes, he can still play this game and to have such a a gulf to have so many years between the last time he was really in the public consciousness to where he is now I think that grind putting in that work particularly at age 38 would mean something to him for his peers to acknowledge you know what you've been doing this a long time no one expected this and here you are congratulations I think it means a lot I think you can have a great story without being handed in an award, though, because hasn't he already kind of seen the fruits of this? And I think the better award is winning football games and winning himself a contract in the NFL. So I think the award would be nice. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to mean that much to him if he doesn't win it. Like, I think it is it's one of those awards that it almost feels like Grammys for, like, rappers. Rappers are like, well, right. you know, and I'm going to be on my yacht. I don't really care. I don't know. This doesn't seem like one of those awards. I could be wrong. I've never played a down in the NFL, but mm-hmm. it feels a little different than, like, MVP or Offensive Player of the Year because Comeback Player of the Year, like, do you even put that in, like, a contract? Because I think that's the thing when you have player awards – for players who are trying to secure yeah. bigger contracts. Obviously, in the NBA, you can get like the Supermax deal based on, um, you know, first team, second team, all NBA. But comeback player of the year, like I think that 
Joe Flacco can still look at this season and say, wow, it's been a great stretch. And especially if mm-hmm. he's winning games, I don't think the award would mean that much. Like, I could be wrong here, uh, but it doesn't feel like it to me. Oh, I disagree. I disagree in a big way. I, both things can be true. So he's not going to get a huge contract because he's 38 years old. Now, maybe he signs a backup deal and gets some sort of extension, but the Browns have way too much invested in Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun is their quarterback when he's healthy. So maybe Joe Flacco gets some sort of small contract, but he's 38 years old. But both things can be true. It's not like you're making a choice between winning games or winning comeback player of the year. Of course, the priority is winning football games. And it's not winning an MVP. It's about principle. He's not going to be crushed if he doesn't win it. But would he be appreciative? Would he care if, yeah, someone said, you know what? You are the comeback player of the year. No one was talking about you. You had a a renaissance as far as your career is concerned. So, of course, games that you win, making the playoffs, that is no question about it the most important thing. But also, I think he would be more than happy to accept that award and appreciate it, particularly at his age, because he's not going to play football for too much longer. It's just also not an apples-to-apples comparison because he's being compared to DeMar Hamlin. You know, which is not, it's not the same story. So I think what I'm getting at is I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be pounding the table and saying, I deserve this award. No. When you're looking across the way at DeMar Hamlin, who literally died on the football field and came back. So I think that's the point I'm getting at, that it's a little different than MVP because the narrative is a little different. And usually that's the thing when it comes to comeback player of the year, the narratives kind of matter. Because they've there've been other good mm-hmm. comeback stories in the NFL this year. Like look at the last few games for Baker Mayfield. He's had some really good games, and also the fact that it's only been what four games for Joe Flacco. I think that's the thing that goes against him. It hasn't been a full season of coming back. I I you know I agree to a point. Look, if we're talking about surviving death, then there's no question. But when it comes <laughs> to this award. The question is not, the question isn't who is more lucky to be back. Of course, it's DeMar Hamlin, the end. The question is, how do you measure this award? Because DeMar Hamlin hasn't played a ton of snaps compared to Joe Flacco. When is the last time you heard, this is not a slide against DeMar Hamlin, but when is the last time you heard about DeMar Hamlin making any sort of significant impact on the Bills defense? He really hasn't. So, yes, he gets full credit and deservedly so for coming back and playing. It's a miracle. But Joe Flacco is playing more than a significant amount of snaps and he's leading his team to the playoffs. So it really depends on what your criteria are for this award. Is it, hey, the fact that you're playing football is incredible. It's a miracle that you're even on the football field. Then DeMar Hamlin is your guy. If you're saying, Who has had the most significant impact based on previous years in the league? That is Joe Flacco. So if you want to, I'm not trying to in any way diminish DeMar Hamlin. It just depends on how you decide to hand out this award and what you decide this award means and the significance of how you measure it. That's really what it comes down to because it isn't an apples to apples comparison. No, it's not. And I think it's almost like a PR move if they give it to DeMar Hamlin. 
And here's the problem. Like, it's totally subjective. And it's whatever these voters think. So no matter what we think, it in the end doesn't really matter. It's just up to these voters, which I think can be a volatile market, you know, to try and pick what narratives people are going to go with. But it's interesting. And I'm glad we have multiple great stories to choose from. Uh, we'll see and if I Joe Flacco's Okay, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, I looked this up because I think it's an interesting topic. Damar Hamlin has played 17 snaps this season. So he has two tackles, again, right? Yeah, right. Two. So it just, it depends. Yeah, the fact that he's back, amazing. But if you're talking about impact on this team, very little impact. So it just depends on, again, what your criteria are. I think we could go all day with this because you could say, well, the impact on his team was more than just on the field. You know, yeah. I think, you know, mentally they're playing with way more emotions because of what ha happened on that day on the football field. But again, we could go all day with this. We do need to talk about Thursday Night Football, where Joe Flacco could be continuing his case for comeback player of the year. And I'll say this, tonight is a really tough matchup against a Jets defense that's been really stingy to opposing quarterbacks. And you need to know that going in, because last week was a great performance for Joe Flacco, but also he was going against the Texans secondary that was giving up the fourth most yards to opposing wide receivers so the second era was kind of weak not the case with the jets tonight they're giving up the fewest fantasy points to opposing starting quarterbacks so let's start with the line in this one it's seven and a half we've got the browns favored by seven and a half points at home a win gets them into the playoffs so this is a big game for the browns total of 36 and a half in this one it's very low which makes me a little cautious to lay that many points in a low total matchup but still, when you look at the implications of this game and the way that the Browns are playing football, I think I would still lean towards the Browns here. Yeah, I would too. And now, God, his total is down to 34 and a hook. Oh, my God. Browns are laying seven and a half. That's up from seven yesterday. I, I would lay it with the Browns still. I would probably play it down to seven. But ultimately, I just don't know how the Jets are going to score in this game. That's what I keep coming back to. And yeah, they scored against the commanders. The commanders just don't play defense. That's why Ron Rivera is going to lose his job. That's why Jack Del Rio before him lost his job. The commanders don't play any defense whatsoever. Look at what the Jets have done on the road in their last four games. They have not scored more than 14 points. No more than two touchdowns. Just have not been able to get it done. So what I think will happen is, and the way I think this game will go is, yeah, the Jets will get some stops. There's no question about it because they still have a very good defense. But the Browns, I do believe, will get so many opportunities to score because the Jets won't be able to move the ball. And Joe Flacco and that passing attack, which is how the Browns win football games now, they're a pass-first team. I think they'll be able to score enough to cover this number just because the Jets, I don't see them having any success against this Browns defense. Commanders, one of the worst defenses in the league, and now all of a sudden, on a short week, they go on the road in Cleveland to face a Browns defense, which is one of the best in the NFL. Jets are going to have a hard time getting points on the board, and that's why I like the Browns. I think so as well. And situationally speaking, this is when the Browns have been really good as favorites and at home. In their last five games as favorites, 5-0 and straight up and against the number. And their last five games at home, 
five and zero oh, straight up and against the spread over the course of the season. Seven and one straight up and against the spread when playing at home. So home cooking has been great for Cleveland. I think they're in a good spot here. Let's look at some other plays across the board. I think it's hard not to talk about Joe Flacco when you look at this matchup, Jenks. I know you're eyeing a passing prop for Mister Elite mm-hmm. here. What's the number for his passing prop? 233 and a half? It is. Yesterday it was 230 and a half. That's where I played it. It's already gone up three yards. Whatever. Joe Flacco has been unbelievable. Here is something that you may not believe. In his four starts, those four games, Joe Flacco has thrown for more passing yards than any quarterback in the National Football League. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, my God. That's That's crazy Mm -hmm. to think about. That's a good little bar trivia right now. Use it while you can. Could go away tonight. Who knows? Get in early tonight. But I I think that just speaks to the fact that, A, he's playing well, and, B, no matter what happens, Cleveland is going to pass the ball. And the thing is, Joe Flacco will throw some picks. I bet he throws a pick tonight, honestly, against that Jets defense. But it doesn't keep the Browns from still letting Joe Flacco air it out, which – I sort of love. So I really like this play a lot. And again, I think the Browns will get plenty of opportunities by stopping the Jets offense to get back on offense, throw the ball, get back on offense, throw the ball. I I, I loved it at 230 in a hook. I really like it. Well, I liked it better then, but I still like it at 233 and a half. And clearly the money is moving the number in that direction, the over. So I'm going to take it. Yeah, here's the sabotage factor, because I would be with you. I still think the opportunity is going to be there. But number mm-hmm. one, this is the hardest matchup for opposing quarterbacks going into the secondary. And number two, is this the sabotage factor at all for you? When you see 97% of the money on this player prop, and it is the single most bet on player prop <sighs> for tonight's Thursday night football matchup. Long sigh indeed, my friend, because we uh-huh. all know this. When the public's all over a play, it always feels like it's not the right play. But every single factor is pointing towards it. And it's not like this is a very high number. It is juiced to the over at minus 120, I think, for a reason. At 233, whatever it's at, I don't think I'd hit the under here. But I do think people should know that. When the public is all over play, oh boy. I, I don't disagree. (laughs) I do not disagree. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but at the end of the day, this will not be one of my best bets. Now, I do like the the prop. Would I still play it? Yes, I would, because sometimes the square side is the right side. Everything points to that direction. But do I get scared off when I see that? Yes, I do. So when we give out our best bets later on the show, this would be a lean, but it's not going to be an official play for precisely that reason. Everyone is on this, including me. So I feel like a dullard, but I like it. (laughs) But you're right. (laughs) Sometimes the square side is the right side. So if it hits, you can point at the numbers and say, well, we saw this coming, but just thought the people should know where the money is headed. So there you have it. There's our picks for Thursday Night Football. We like the Browns and Mr. Elite to continue eliting. I don't know if that is a verb, but I made it into one. Coming up next, we're parlaying our favorite plays from the weekend into one big show parlay. Stick with us. Big plus money on the other side.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Rise and shine, people. It's time to make us some big plus money, or at least attempt to do so. In this segment, we'll give you our show parlay, where each member of our show gives a leg for the parlay, and we try to go 5-0 and uh, for the first time this year. Yes, we have not won one of these just yet, but stick with us. We are due, my friends. Jenks, as I'm <laughs> watching some of these bowl games, I, I think we have made this known about the bowl games, how some of them just feel super volatile and something that mm-hmm. i have noticed and i think that may be a sabotage factor for some of the games tonight is some of these big time programs just because they have a backup quarterback starting isn't always like the worst thing because some yeah. of these big time programs get more than one good quarterback in their program and we saw that last night with usc miller moss setting a holiday bowl uh record USC ran up the score on Louisville, won 42 to 28, and I believe he had mm. six touchdowns in that game. So as I'm looking at some of these other games, and David's picking Arizona, which I really like in our parlay, mm-hmm. just a little tease. Um, but does it ever worry, worry you going against teams who have blue chip prospects who are starting as a backup? Yes. And that will be the handicap tonight if you're talking about Arizona and Oklahoma because you've got a guy for Oklahoma in Jackson Arnold who was a complete stud coming out of high school, but also this is his first game. So we saw it with USC. You never know. And that's what makes bowl season so treacherous is, okay, for some of these lesser programs, there's a massive drop down. And there will be a drop down from Dylan Gabriel just because Dylan Gabriel is much more experienced, certainly has the experience within that offense. But when you're talking about a stud recruit who has this much time to prepare, yeah, he could come out and ball out, or maybe he comes out and struggles. You just don't know. But at the very least, there is a better chance he will perform based on his resume or based on his his baseline talent compared to a lot of the other backups in college football. And also I think with guys who don't have that much experience, you will see Mm -hmm. flashes of why they are the blue chip prospects, but then, you know, they can make very costly errors, like costly rookie mistakes that could end up in turnovers, could end up in a pick six. And I think that's the sabotage factor when you're saying, well, this guy's really talented. You still have to manage the game. Like we know the game manager gets a bad connotation, but you still have to manage the game and make good decisions. So we'll see how some of those, you know, go. And I think in college football, that's why it is so hard, I think, to handicap some of these teams in the first few weeks of the season as well. Because isn't the yeah. quarterback position the most hard, the hardest to kind of project? Because how many times have we heard about blue chip prospects for big name schools and then they don't pan out? So I just feel like it's a dart throw at some point. Oh, absolutely. It is. You just don't know. Bowl season now, Chelsea, is is the most difficult I believe it's ever been to handicap. 
Part of the reason huh. why is the quarterback yeah. position. And then the portal now has just changed everything where so many guys opt out. It's hard. It's hard enough to handicap anyway. My voice is crap. It's hard enough to handicap anyway. It's hard enough to handicap anyway. hard enough. hard time <laughs> as it is. And then quarterbacks are playing. And then how do I handicap? Hey, let me look at this team. They've got 12 guys not playing that started during the regular season. What am I supposed to do with that? And so you would think, well, okay, well, then you just fade them. But what if the team that they're playing is significantly worse? So the team might be better with all the opt-outs. So does it make it more of an even battle, a more competitive battle? Or does the team with the opt-outs still have more backup talent because they recruit better or have they lost enough guys in the portal that now the team that isn't so good has the advantage who knows it is a roll of the dice yeah i'm calling it bowl game bingo where between the two teams you have to have a starting quarterback opt-out you have to have at least five impact players uh who are entering the transfer portal one of the squares is the head coach is leaving Mm -hmm. another square is some of the offensive or defensive coordinators are leaving between most of these games you're getting bowl game bingo across the board it just feels really difficult to handicap but we're gonna do our best and try to put all the puzzle pieces together so let's do our show parlay we'll do a mix of nfl and college and hopefully go five and oh for the first time on this show Ladies and gentlemen, adults of all ages, it's time for the show parlay. Step right up and try your hand at something that feels rigged. It almost feels like the ring toss where they spray it with the Pam and you're like, why don't I ever win? But we keep (laughs) trying, damn it. Because that's what we do. All right, Matt, start us off here uh, with your favorite play of the weekend for the show parlay. I am going to fade that Washington defense that we were talking about earlier in the show. The 49ers are going to be very angry and motivated to score as many points as possible. And this line is only at 30 and a half. And the Niners have scored 30 or more points quite a bit this season. So I'm going to bank on that Washington defense to stay really bad and the Niners offense to bounce back. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Also, if you like any kind of Niners receiving prop, this is the defensive matchup to go against. This commander secondary has been god-awful at limiting opposing wide receivers. All right, so David's feeling under the weather, but we kind of referenced his pick. He's taking Arizona minus 2.5 against Oklahoma. I'm for this, and we just talked about the sabotage factor being the stud quarterback for Oklahoma. Uh, But still, Arizona, I think, has been flying very much under the radar. I think we get this with, like, good Pac-12 teams. Jenks, doesn't it feel like sometimes they don't get the credit that, like, the East Coast teams get? Oh, yeah, because people, this has been a thing forever, right? Because Mm -hmm. you stay up and you watch a ton of these games and then... Maybe you watch a late game or two, but you're not really staying up late and you're watching a bunch of Pac-12 teams. But it's kind of a shame because this year, the Pac-12 has been exceptional. And honestly, Arizona is one of the best stories in college football as far as I'm concerned. I'm so glad that Texas A&M did not hire. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm so glad they did not hire Arizona's head coach. He's done a phenomenal job. So it's a shame the Pac-12 is breaking up. They've been unbelievable this year. But, yeah, a lot of it has to do with there's not a lot of eyeballs on those guys late, late evening on a Saturday. Yeah, should be noted, Arizona 10-2 and two against the spread mm. uh, so far this season. So nice pick by David there, Arizona 2.5. Uh, next up, we're going to Bill, who looks like he is taking a college game as well. Bill, who do you like? I am. I'm going to take Oregon dropping 16 and a half over Liberty. That's at minus 110. Bo Nix is playing in this game so far. He has not said he's going to opt out, I would imagine, according to his Instagram. One final game, he said. So Bo Nix is there. They are going to be without Bucky Irving, but I don't think that's that big of a deal for the Ducks. They should overwhelm Liberty. I know the Flames score a ton of points. They averaged over 40 a game this year. But just look at the schedules. They play teams like Western Kentucky, New Mexico State. I mean, (laughs) there is nobody on their schedule that compares to the Ducks. I think they roll. It started at 16. Some places, it's already up to 17 and a half. 16 and a half at BetMGM. So give me the Ducks to win big in the Fiesta Bowl coming up on Monday. Oh, I hate fading like the small schools against the big schools, though. I feel like they always get super up. But you're right. That Oregon defense is going to be a tough task for Liberty, who did put up 42 points against UTEP. We will see. (laughs) There's probably a difference there. All right, Jenks, who do you like for the show parlay? All right. Let's do it. (laughs) Saints (laughs) plus three. Minus 124, because right now it's Saints plus two and a half. I'm playing this to the key number. It's a parlay, guys. It doesn't matter. This is a perfect sell-high spot on the Bucs. The Bucs have won four straight. Baker Mayfield's playing good football. First of all, I don't like Baker Mayfield. Let's get that out of the way. We know. That's been established on this show. <laughs> well, I'm letting you know again, just so we're clear. <laughs> Secondly, who is Tampa Bay beating here? Let's take a look at this winning streak. I say that winning streak. I mean, it is a winning streak. Panthers, Falcons, Hackers, okay, and a Jags team that is struggling with an ailing Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Saints are getting healthier. This is a divisional battle. I think Derek Carr should be able to handle those Tampa Bay blitzes. Saints plus three in Tampa. I was about to say, this could be like a big divisional game. I wish I cared enough about the NFC South to tell you. Yeah. Um, but the Bucks are 8-7. and seven, The Saints are 7-8. and eight. Maybe it has some implications. Uh, but it should be noted, we bullied Jenks into not taking Washington and <laughs> the points against Texas because we didn't oh, no. all want to root against his Longhorns. So that should be noted uh, for the audible honest pick. All right, for me, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey over 62 and a half receiving yards for minus 120. It feels like the Chiefs got to get right here. They have lost, what, back-to-back games. Travis Kelsey has been very quiet posting under this receiving total in each of the last two games. But this is a great spot for opposing tight ends. The Cincinnati Bengals have been a smash spot for tight ends, giving up the most receiving yards to opposing tight ends. For the love of God, Travis Kelsey, we need a big game from you. So let's go over 62 and a half receiving yards for minus 120. So if you're looking at the parlay, we're going to go 49ers team total over 30 and a half, Arizona minus two and a half over Oklahoma, Oregon minus 16 and a half over Liberty, Saints plus three over the Bucks, Travis Kelsey over his receiving prop, combined odds 20 to one. $25 
pays $506.92. So does anybody have a problem with any of these picks? Speak now or forever hold your peace. (laughs) It's mine. I don't like my pick at all. (laughs) It's totally me. Okay, let's just get it out there. Everybody was thinking it. I might as well just say it. It's my pick. Every pick looks great. And you're like, Saints plus three? Good luck, dog. Or nobody said good luck, dog. The only thing you have to your advantage is Tampa Bay can lose this game and still win the division by beating the Panthers in week 18. It really doesn't mean anything to Mm. Tampa Bay. They just have to win one over the last two and they win the division. See? Like it even more. There we go. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Props to Bill for caring enough about the NFC South to actually look that (laughs) up because can't say the same for myself. I saw NFC South. I said, nope, not doing any further research. (laughs) All right. Top of the hour next. uh, NBA plays coming your way after the break here on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.